No, you're good. All right, folks. So tonight's episode is going to be a little unique. Um, bringing to you Todd Wysong, who's a committee chair for the Senior Bowl. Um, Todd and I, I think you followed me on Twitter. And then I just quick saw your bio, said, hey, thanks for the follow, like I try to do with most folks. And I saw in your bio the Senior Bowl piece. I just said, hey, tell me more. And luckily, thankfully, as we got closer and closer to Senior Bowl week, you had reached back out and said, said hey, you know, if you guys want to have me on, love to come on. So um, I want to learn, how'd you get from Elkhart, Indiana, being a diehard Irish fan? How'd you get from Elkhart way down to Mobile? I want to learn about, you know, being a committee chair, um, you know, what's your level of involvement involvement with the players? You had said you know, going on air, you had to pick some players up. Um, and then lastly, I was talking to John earlier this afternoon offline. Way back when, Todd, I was actually selected to play in the Senior Bowl, but I couldn't make it. I had to get an emergency appendectomy, which kind of threw a wrench into things. So um, just starting out, committee chair, for us lay people, what does that mean? How did you get involved? What are your responsibilities? I'll just sit back and listen. Well, it started about 14 years ago. Um, you know, Senior Bowl has always been part of Mobile. I'm not originally from here. I am from Elkhart, Indiana. Um, I got a junior college scholarship to play in, in a very small school in North Carolina. Um, and then I decided to move on with that and continue to play golf. But I was going to the University of South Alabama here in Mobile. I ended up running track and field instead. Um, got my degree there with criminal justice. Um, decided to kind of go around and do some things, met a wonderful woman here in Mobile. Uh, we got married. And once we got married and started to have children, it was the decision that I needed to get in the restaurant business, which I am currently doing that for 18 years. I've been owning a restaurant here in Mobile. And within the community, that's been part of my whole goal is to wrap Mobile around what I can do to help them out. Um, 14 years ago, I had a gentleman come in the re my restaurant and tell me all about the Senior Bowl and what it was like. 14 years ago, it was a very select few of people could be part of the Senior Bowl. It was kind of like a nomination thing. Now it's broadened because we've gone from Steve Howe, which is the, the executive director that I was in the very beginning, to Phil Savage, um, now to Jim Nagy. Um, Jim has taken it to a, a different level um, and has allowed the community to grab a hold and basically be part of the committee if they choose. We donate... As an individual, we donate to the city and to the scholarship programs we have for Senior Bowl, and that's how we're nominated into becoming a Senior Bowl member. Being a chair is all it was, is that all the stuff that I had done prior for 14 years, whether it be transportation or meet the players or any of the foundations, you know, any of the activities we did, I got more and more involved and to the point now where I'm a chair, which I do my chair is the fan fest, which is the big kind of the kids day um, activities, all the fun stuff that we do prior to the game actually starting at noon on Saturday. Um, with that, I'm just more involved with the transportation side of it, as well as hospitality as well. Todd, what is, uh, I got a quick question. 
How big of a deal is the Senior Bowl to this community as as it keeps the event keeps growing and I see more things tied to it each year, concerts and a parade and all the stuff that's expanding out. How big of a deal is that just for the local community to be able to host an event like that? Oh, it's amazing. I, I, I don't think that the it's very difficult in the state of Alabama to put it in that parameter is it's being from the north, whatever else, I was a Notre Dame fan. Down here, it's either you're Alabama or you're Auburn. And yeah. it's a very college-driven city. So bringing NFL in like this, it's hard because I think the people assume it's just an NFL game, but it's really not. I mean, we're, we have the best seniors, and now we've added juniors for the very first time to the Senior Bowl to where they're able to show their talent. I mean, we got guys like Bo Nix and uh, Michael Penix that are – they were Heisman candidates that are actually here in Mobile showing off their talent to the city of Mobile. So it should be a big deal. And, and over the years, we've had some of the greatest players in college football come through Mobile. And, and I feel like Mobile's grasped it. We've done a great job showing the NFL what we can do. Um, the NFL just wants a bigger target. We, real, we realize that. But if you talk to scouts and GMs and coaches, they love the smallness of Mobile and what the family around here actually gives them. And you had mentioned, Todd, I think the Senior Bowl has been established or been around for, was it 75 years? Today, this is our 75th anniversary. So 1957 was the very first Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. So whether it's high school or whether it's college guys pursuing the NFL, these bowl games, I mean, there's a lot of them, right? You know, you got your high school level Under Armour game. There's a Nike deal. There's the U.S. Army one. There's the Polynesian Bowl. College blew it. What is it? The Shrine game. The East West. It was the East West Senior Bowl. What other ones am I missing? There's three or four of them at the end of. Right. So college wise, it's the Hula Bowl, the East West Shrine, and then the Senior Bowl. Okay. So was the Senior Bowl the first? Is that fair to say? Um, actually, I believe they consider the East West. Actually, East West is actually older than we are because they're run down by the Shriners. Um, I believe that they're actually may have been part of the Blue Gray. So I think they're adding those years in there when it was in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, so I think East West has us by a few years. And I know that, but but I realize 75th anniversary is a big deal for us this year. Yeah, the, the Blue Gray one, that was around 20 years ago when I was coming out. Well, how did it come to be, Todd, where the Senior Bowl became the premier all-star game? How did that come to be? Well, I think it started just with the, the people of the Mobile Sports Authority. When they got involved and, they, and Angus Cooper was the head lead to this, and he brought in people like Steve Howell and Phil Savage, which is now, you know, he works with directly with the New York you know, Jets, um, and Jim Nagy. I mean, he was a scout, major scout for the Seattle Seahawks and some of these major programs. You bring in guys like this, they know the talent. Um, I just think with that we've gained over over the years of all the people that have come here. I mean, you got greats like, and this year's our city for the anniversary. So we're bringing back some players for a city for the anniversary team. So today I picked up um, Joe Joe Staley from the uh, 49ers. Uh, Geno Atkins came in today. Terrell Owens is here. Um, we have Sean Alexander coming back. So these guys. They know the, what it, how important it is to them and what they did in their pro, you know, to get them to the next level. Especially a guy like T.O. You know, he was a small school guy coming out. Um, and I think even Staley was to a degree. That's interesting. Yeah, John, do you have it? Yeah. Do you have anything, John? Yeah. So 
looking at the talent, you know, and I went back and looked at the correlation and the percentage of college guys that are in this game and the correlation to the draft and the the tiers of the draft and just how how strong that lineage is between the guys in this game and then the the top, you know, drafts uh the top draft slots. What is the process like to get an invitation to the senior bowl? Who does that? Is that an ongoing evaluation or is there a committee that that looks at this? How do you go about determining who to offer for that? Well, Jim Nagy is the, is the head honcho on that. He's the executive director of our, you know, of our bowl game. He has scouts that go out to all these major games. So um, we get updates, whatever else, through Twitter, whatever else on his Twitter page, showing exactly what scouts are going to which games. Um, within those scouts, those scouts, of course, get back to the information, of course, through NFL analysis of the draft boards. I mean, we, we have a select few. I mean, he sends out a watch list at the very beginning. It's probably got 400 kids' names on it. And then over time, it just goes to different levels. And, of course, we know, you know, there's there's issues. I mean, agents make decisions saying that the bowl games are not good for them. Um, you've got kids, of course, that get hurt. I mean, so there's a lot to it kind of thing. But overall, it, the scouts and Jim Nagy make those final decisions and bring in the best of the best. Yeah, and you did a good job. You got to make sure those ND guys are on there. You know, send a couple extra scouts to South Bend. Make sure we get our Notre Dame guys represented. It's it's good to see our guys out there. I love it. Yeah, and that's been my goal every year. And I guess that's one of the things, too, is for 14 years, I've able been blessed to sit there and talk to every one of the Notre Dame guys coming in. I let them know where I'm from, and I try to make them feel welcome because I know it's harder on those guys to come into a bowl game like this than it is – the local guys or SEC guys kind of thing. So, and I've met a ton of them. I've met um, Harrison Smith. I've met Ben Koyak. I've met Sheldon Day, you know, Chase Claypool. I mean, the list goes on. So, yeah, that's nice, man. A little touch of home. They don't go down there and expect an Elkhart guy down where you're at. That's got to be a warm surprise for them. Yeah, it's pretty cool, actually. So, yeah, I, I'd like anything else, whether it's a an actual bowl game. You got to figure with the national brand of a Notre Dame that that does help as far as the draw in terms of eyes to the screen, butts in the seats. Do you feel that, Todd, in terms of a Notre Dame guy versus a? Yeah, I would say that. I think, I mean, when Ian Book came a few years ago, whatever else, it definitely turned the page. I mean, Ian was looked at as a, you know, a high profile quarterback and, and, uh, you know, I thought he did well the week he was here. Um you know, this year's a little different. I mean, Sam Hartman got his, you know, got the notoriety all year long, thought he was going to do really well, had a couple bad games that kind of took him off the radar a little bit. But, I mean, when you get those guys in here, when you got the big names, I mean, I would have loved to have seen Joe Alt play in this, but I realize he's already a top 10 pick. So, um, you know, you just, you're excited to have him here because they do get so much publicity as far as nationally with NBC and all the profile that we get. Interesting. So, did I hear you correct, Todd? Because I'm, I got that call. Would have been this is, you know, two thousand four, two thousand five. I think I can. I was telling John, I was sitting in my apartment. I got a call. I think it would have been Phil Savage back then. You know, it didn't go through my agent, and it was just like, yeah, we want to get you down to the Senior Bowl. And I remember talking to him again, and all the flights were arranged and all that. Did I hear you correctly, Todd? Does the Senior Bowl have their own group of scouts, or are they kind of hinging on what the NFL is telling them? He has scouts that actually are out there for him, and it kind of goes both ways. I mean, Phil would – I mean, not Phil, but Jim Nagy would know more about that and how detailed he is with that. 
unfortunately, because I just deal with so much of the volunteer and the committee side of it. Um, I kind of see the stuff outside because um, just of how the how it's ran and how how well it's ran kind of thing. So but I know they do a lot of work. I mean, and uh, Jack is our you know, liaison right now that's got all the players. He's working all the players to get in here on flights. He's working on. I think we just had, you know, we if somebody gets hurt, we used to be able to be able to get some deletions and do some additions just so people could get here and actually show out for the. Edit this out, John. <laughs> Give it away. I think he's working off a cell phone. That looks to me like his whole thing went dead. Because that's not an issue with us or the system. His whole phone died. Hmm. Mike, I'm wondering if he thought this was seven his time, not eight. Because he was in here early. I went to set this up early and he was in here. So I'm wondering if no. he was sitting here for an hour. No? Because he was oh, sitting that... he was sitting in there early because I went to set up and then go get ready and come back. He was already in there. I wasn't. There he is. I said eight o'clock central. All right. All right. Hey, that's what the edit button's for. No worries. It's all good here. That's why I got the edit button, baby. No problems. Where, where were we? We could just pick right up. I forget where we were, but don't worry about it. I'll cut it right where I need to. No big deal at all. I was just talking about that the scouts, you know, they do a great job because, I mean, we realistically, I think the last few years we picked up some guys in the FCS that probably wouldn't be looked at any other way kind of thing without the scouts being to their games and stuff like that. So, um, you know, that's been a, that's kind of been a blessing, too, is to see some of those. I mean, you think about a, a Carson Wentz that came from North Dakota State. I mean, I, he wasn't really on the radar quite as much until Senior Bowl kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of those guys. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Todd, let me ask you this, you know, covering college football the way I do every day, 365 through the years, change, 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 change is the name of the game in college football, football in general. How much has the process of putting all this together changed in your time and your years doing this? keeping up with all the changes in the game, like uh, whether it be with agents or the way guys opt out now, like, like what have you seen as, as the sports evolved and got more modern as it relates to this process? Well, based on my information with Jim is that he felt like this year was a struggle just because of NIL. NIL brought upon an issue where um, you have players, well, you have even coaches, whatever else might be holding invitations back because they're still trying to find out if there's an NIL deal that we, they can get to their junior or senior to come back for a fifth year or for a fourth year. So it made it very difficult for those announcements to be made. Um, I think that's where Jim did a great job at was, is that he sat down with these coaches and said, this is an opportunity. And once they make the commitment, then you need, you know, give them the invitation. Let's move forward. Hmm. Hey, real quick, you had mentioned the NFL tie to the senior bowl and then maybe wanting to relocate the game to a bigger market, Todd. Well, that's what is been it? A, it's, it's been a goal. Of, it's been something that's been there for a while. Back when I first started out, Steve Howe was there, and the word was we were moving to Tampa because it was a bigger market. And I think that hurt a lot of people within the Mobile Sports Authority. Um, and 
I think that that's as long as we have the same core people there, I don't think we're ever going to let it go kind of thing. So even if we may not be the top tier, it's not going to leave Mobile. As long as we have the, the core people that are making those decisions, we keep going forward with it. Because right now, um, I know the East West is what moved to Las Vegas. Now they're in um, Dallas. Um, they're trying to pack these big stadiums and they're not getting the crowds that I don't think they really wanted. I mean, yeah, we're at the University of South Alabama's campus. We're at Hancock Whitney Stadium. I think the capacity is 25,000 people. If we can get 25,000 people to come to a collegiate all-star game, that's a big deal. I love that. What is there to do? Let's say John wants to take his daughter down to Mobile and catch the all-star game, you know, get a, get an autograph from Sam Hartman, et cetera. What kind of fan <laughs> interaction, fan engagement opportunities are there for somebody that might want to go down and visit? Well, it has changed a lot in the last, since COVID. It has changed a lot. Um, mm -hmm. We used to do a meet the players on Thursday nights where we would actually have every player that was actually involved with it um, sign their little autographs on playing cards. Um, it used to be a very big deal for Mobile. We'd have 5,000 people show up and get autographs from these players. Since COVID, NIL, that kind of has jumped off the bandwagon a little bit. Um, unfortunately, the only way you can kind of get to players is – um, best chance is at practice. So they practice on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Tomorrow will be the last practice. Um, after the practice is over, some of the players will actually come by and actually sign autographs on the side of the fields um, to interact with the fans. Um, Friday is all about community. So we start at 9 o'clock that morning, and a lot of players will either go to the local hospitals or they'll go to the food banks um, or some elementary schools, kind of give them back to the community, and that's how they get involved as far as maybe signing autographs for those kids. Um, and then Saturday, it starts pretty early. I mean, the Fan Fest is mostly just for the fans. The players come in around 10 o'clock and they do a kind of a walk. So they'll actually come through from the buses and kind of walk through the crowd into the stadium. So it's kind of a cool situation where you get to see them right there on spot dressed up and they're, you know, how they want to dress. Um, and then after the game, I mean, a lot of people stick around and the players are very, very adamant about either giving their gloves away or signing autographs for people. Um, we, we don't, it's not so secure. We don't let people on the field. Of course, like we stopped doing that ever since we left, left the last stadium we were at. Um, but I think the players do a good job, but they're kind of at their own wits end as far as when they want to sign or when they don't want to sign. Well, I, I think, I would think that as a player, <clears throat> the, the amount of engagement, the type of interaction I have, the willingness to interact I would imagine, Todd, that that's something that these NFL teams are taking a peek at in terms of the evaluation. It's not going to be the end all be all, but the way that, you know, they, how they, how they interact with the community and all that piece, it's got to be something that they're taking, taking stock of, you know, well, I'm, sure. I'm sure it's more, I'm sure it's about what they do in the community as well. I mean, I think part of that is, is it has, it's had to change a little bit. Just COVID was the big reason. I think we'll get back to it one day, maybe, um, but, you know, it's very difficult to get 120 players down to, a you know, an area where they're signing autographs and everybody's happy and the lines are happy and um, to see people interact. I mean, it's just um, it was interesting to do it. Well, hopefully we get that back. But as of right now, the fan interaction with the players, it's, it's a little more limited. We do get a lot of autograph hounds that come and meet us at the airports because when they're flying either into Mobile or Pensacola, depending on where they're coming from, um, there's some interaction there. Just people have to wait until they come through there. Yeah, that that's an awesome. It it's 
it's kind of a unique dynamic. You know, it's not a regular season game. It's not a regular bowl game. I like the kind of family community feel of all of it. Like even just looking through the, the bowl website and all the events and there's something for everybody, for the family, for the community, for the kids. I even look at it. You guys have a concert on the field after the game. Aren't you doing that too? Isn't it the, the Counting Crows, I think? It is Counting Crows. We're actually doing oh, it nice. downtown. We have a park downtown called Mardi Gras Park. We had Nelly last year, so it was kind of crazy this year, Counting Crows. So actually what it is, it's Mardi Gras season for us in Mobile. We're the original original city from you know for Mardi Gras, so we'll have that coming up. So actually Friday night um, prior to the game on Saturday, we actually do a players parade. So we actually start this about 6 o'clock where the players will actually interact and go down the streets, whatever else, throwing Mardi Gras beads, throwing footballs to the fans, whatever else, and, and they get to kind of interact with what Mardi Gras is about. Then right after that, the Order of the Incas, which is one of our biggest organizations down here, will actually do a parade. So a lot of the players will kind of hang around and kind of and their families are coming down here. It's it's a crazy party kind of thing. And then Saturday, of course, we're doing the you know the free concert. So nobody's got to pay anything. You just got to show up and enjoy it. Man, that's a beautiful thing. You got it. They got a real the powers that be need to realize this all of the ecosystem built around this and and realize that this is one of those things that is maybe best suited for this kind of environment. It would almost kind of stink in a way to move it to somewhere else bigger and all that. When you have this feel here that's real community-based, I like that. I hope the yeah. powers that be recognize that. Well, and that's what we want. We want the NFL to understand that, look, all we are doing is we're we're a small town in a, in a big pond, whatever else. And right now, we just want to make sure that all those, all those guys get a chance to play in the NFL we put them on spotlight. We do everything we can during the week. Our committee, and we have 500 people, whatever else, on this committee, and they do an amazing job. We got guys that do hospitality. They've been doing it for 30 years. We got guys that do equipment, security, transportation, get these guys from Pensacola. And we all work. I mean, we all work or we're retired, but we all have other jobs. I mean, we're doing this on our, our time and uh, away from our families for one week to give back to the city of Mobile and make sure the NFL is taken care of. It seems like a nice thing. You're, you're you're selling me on this, Todd. I mean, like, yeah. well, you I need to come it. down, man. That's we need to get well, you guys down. It's for, no. it's, 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 Wait, it's, we. It, this needs to stay in that community, and then next year, Todd, we'll take this show on the road. We'll come down with you, and we'll record around and show everybody all the cool stuff, and we'll we'll spotlight it. I would yeah. love to do that. I would Definitely. love to do that. We'll get you in the office, sit down with Jim Nagy. He'll tell you everything there is about it kind of thing. He loves it. Well, give me two things. Yeah, it's it seems like it's a nice little slice of Americana. It feels very wholesome. And in so many ways, we get away from that. It's all corporatized, et cetera. I totally agree, John. But, Todd, talk to Jim and get me in the nine-on-seven period. Get me in the inside drill period. You know, I just want to – I got I got a couple series, a couple snaps left in me at least. Real quick, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Notre Dame guys. How they looking down there? J.D. Bertrand, I, I got it recorded on my DVR. He looks great. Maris Leopold, Cam Hart. Obviously, Sam Hartman's as handsome as ever. God, what's that guy looking? <laughs> yeah. How those guys, how they fit in, how they how they looking? Uh, they're looking good. I think the I've heard from Sam, whatever else, is the, his maturity is taking over kind of thing. Everybody's impressed with just how he handles things, his adversity. Um, he's, he's throwing the ball well. Uh, he's making good decisions. Today was kind of the first day that they were really throwing the ball a little bit. 
tomorrow will be kind of the opened up one. I mean, they'll really kind of do, you know, 11 on 11 tomorrow. It'll be a little more detailed tomorrow. Um, yeah, JD, he's, he's killing it. I mean, he's the fastest linebacker we have here. He ran over 20 miles an hour on our speedometers kind of thing. So he's, he's got a motor and, uh, and I think guys are going to look at that from sideline to sideline. He's going to be impressive. Cam Hart has basically, his stock has risen very high. I would be very surprised if he, you know, he's probably going to be early second day kind of thing, maybe, but I think he's going to run the second round. I feel like if he continues going on with how he's doing thing on the defensive side, he has blanketed every receiver there is going at him kind of thing. And, and uh, I feel like he's just going to have a, I, if anybody's going to have a rise, it's going to be him. How about it? Wow. You, it it's going to come down with Cam. Supposedly, he's a four-four, low four-four guy. I mean, at that position, fellas, it's like if you know if he can creep into that four-three-nine, four-four-one range. I mean, you start stuffing money in your pockets. How's Maris Leifau looking? He's doing well. I mean, I think people are um, based on his size and everything else. I think they're intrigued by him because he's got some speed. Um, I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen him really, you know, shine great. But I think he's doing well. Um, from what I could tell, I mean, it looks like, I mean, he's going to do decent kind of thing. Um, I don't know if they were concerned about size. I don't know what it is kind of thing. I mean, there's some question marks on it, but I still think he's an outstanding player kind of thing. Real quick, John, did I see, I did see, you know, where they put up, which I thought was neat for folks that are unaware on that scoreboard, like the end zone scoreboard, they're kind of keeping tabs on here's the fastest linebacker. You know, you yeah. saw JD 20 point something miles an hour. Marist running 19.8 something miles an hour. But Marist they had listed as a defensive lineman. Can you verify that, Todd? Yeah, it's they have him that I think they have him listed that way, whatever else, just because of I think it was a need more than anything else. Um, we've seen that happen before where we've had people listed at different spots. I mean it's it's unique. It's kind of we've had people here, or whatever else, that played wide receiver in a couple years and then play defensive back and they get here and they're like, well, we need you a wide receiver because, you know, we feel like that's where you're going to be the best at kind of thing. So, yeah. And, you know, I like seeing our guys clocked up there with fast speeds because no, one of the number one things you always hear a knock on Notre Dame is, oh, they don't have SEC speed. You know, they don't have speed like down south or this and that. I like seeing our Notre Dame guys up there in that miles per hour. It makes me feel good. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I'm very, I'm happy for him. I mean, it's been nice to have four guys here this year to, to make sure they're wearing the gold helmets. And I, supposedly Marcus is supposed to be making, Coach Freeman is supposed to be making a trip. Haven't seen him the last couple of days, so we, he may sneak in tomorrow. So, Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah you that, mentioned that gold cool. helmet. Yeah, 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 I mean, Freeman, man, he's Carmen San Diego. You never know where he's going to pop up, right? Yeah. But uh, you mentioned those gold helmets, Todd. Maybe we'll wrap it up on this, but that's one of my favorite pieces to the Senior Bowl. Again, for folks that are unaware, you know, the Georgia kid will trade the helmet sticker with the Texas A&M kid. So, you know, come game time, these kids have multiple stickers on their helmet. But the Notre Dame guys, you don't desecrate. You don't dare desecrate oh, that yeah. golden, that beautiful oh. golden dome with some some filthy None. sticker. Gold is that. gold. Gold is gold. You see on Twitter all the time, like, you know, these football accounts, what's the best helmet and everybody debates, you know, whatever. Pure gold is pure gold. It's a mic drop. It's pure gold. You don't mess with it. Gold is gold and gold always wins. That's my philosophy. Yeah, no doubt. I agree with you. Well, Todd, thanks for coming on. Um, is there any... There anything else you want to you know, share, get off your chest, or let folks know prior to signing off? 
No, sir. I, I appreciate it. I just appreciate you guys' time. And, uh, you know, I look forward to you know keeping in touch with you guys. And hopefully we can do something later. Todd, thanks a lot, man. This is great. What a great event for the, the whole area. And thanks to you and your whole crew volunteering all your personal time to put it all together for the community and for these guys. And then uh, I am serious. Maybe next year we need to make a trip and we'll blow this up a little bit and, uh, and, and push out as much as we can. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Go Irish. Go Irish. Go Take Irish. care. All right, buddy. That was a cool, that's a cool thing, man. I like the feel of that small town thing. No, you and I are both old school, kind of like, yeah. Man, I like that type of nostalgia, small town Mayberry bullshit. But no, they want to put it in Vegas. They want to put it in Orlando and you can go to Disney World. You know, why has everything got to be? They're going to pull the rug out on on these guys because Mobile doesn't have the cachet. I could see it coming. Um, yeah, don't even get me started. I, uh, it sounds like, I bet you we could get in touch with that Jim Nagy, the executive director. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much more run this thing has, but. Me neither. But Mike, I would consider, dude, I know you got to work. I'll go down there next year and do maneuver my way around. I think it'd be fun as hell. I'd love to do that. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's why this. I've, I'll fucking go, dude. You kidding me? I'd have, you well, know. I know, but you have like other work responsibilities. Whatever, dude. It's two days in and out. Like you I know, just think it drunk. would be, dude, we, be, could be fun. we could literally be getting drunk at the bar with like NFL coaches or NFL scouts. Yeah, there can't, there can't be that many places to go 